If you can see your path laid out in front of you step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path you make with every step you take, and that is why it's your path. Hi, my name is Julian Sinclair, and I recently heard this quote by Joseph Campbell. It resonates with me because it is a perfect reflection of the story I'm about to tell you of how I deviated from the path laid out before me. The path that was laid out before me was becoming a professional engineer, which I currently am by day. The path that I created on my own is that of a professional artist, which I am by night. These two are tightly linked because I'm not sure if I would have started creating my own path had I not followed the one laid out before me first. I'm not sure I would have had the confidence or the drive had I not struggled through the dark with somebody else's path they put before me. Let me start from the beginning. As we all were, as kids, I was an avid artist. My mom had me in all of the art classes and I created all the things. Then, like most of us, as I got older, I stopped creating artwork so much. I was never one of those kids that knew what I wanted to do or be when I grew up. I was just along for the ride. When I was 14, my mom moved us to Germany for her work. The only art I really did in Germany was in my art classes, and I wasn't really any good, but I was really interested and excited about the work. As high school was coming to an end, like most of us, once again, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. The only thing that seemed like an obvious choice was avoiding math and science. I had, after all, tested into the lowest math class in high school four years previously, and science classes did not come easily either. I did, however, excel at language, writing, and art, and so I decided to apply to art schools, but I got rejected. Looking at my portfolio, I would have rejected me too. For my first year of university, I ended up going to an American university in Madrid. There, I had my first run-in with pre-calculus, from which I ended up withdrawing because I was so freaking clueless, and I had no idea why anyone cared about solving for X. I didn't do any art in Madrid. My second year, I withdrew from the University of Madrid, Madrid, and I moved to SoCal to help take care of my dying grandpa. Once again, although I didn't know how to plan for the future, college was the obvious path. I started attending community college just to do something. I took some artsy classes and eventually realized that I may need math someday. So I started my math education all over again from scratch, and I eventually randomly chose to move to Northern California to study environmental engineering. I didn't even think to look at the course catalog, class descriptions, or even look into what engineers did. I just liked the sound of environmental engineering, and I thought the pictures of the redwoods and the ocean were really pretty. Studying engineering was fun because I made amazing friends, the location was epic, and I thrived on the challenge. But I didn't want to ruin my summers by taking on a boring internship at a local firm, so I mostly just traveled abroad like I was used to. I went back to Germany to do an internship, backpacked through Guatemala, and sailed through the Panama Canal. I had traveled so much living in Europe that I had developed a free spirit that just wanted to see the world and experience cultures. While I was studying engineering, I wisely enrolled myself into art classes and discovered that I was actually a really great painter. I loved it, and it was a great escape. I remember when sitting in the class with the other art students while the professor was talking to them about what they might be able to do with their education after they graduate. And it was so doom and gloom. They could become a gallery curator or become an artist assistant or a teacher. And maybe someday, if they were lucky, they could eventually make money off of their own art. Maybe. I remember being so happy that I was going to be employable, like my engineering professors told me I would be. Eventually, I graduated and I moved to Montana with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, 
who had got accepted into a PhD program at the local university. I landed an engineering job and was so thrilled to be making my own money like a big kid, saving a bit, and paying my own way. But this excitement was pretty short-lived. Within a month or so, I was so disappointed to realize that it wasn't for me. Sitting at a desk from 9 to 5? Working for somebody else developing land? Getting barked at by my boss? Ugh, was this really where this path had led me? I was furious because I felt that I had been led astray, lied to, and deceived. They told me I would be employable with an engineering degree, but nobody, not once, ever asked me if I would be happy. And indeed, I was not. That joyful, excited, and inspired person that I used to be had almost disappeared. Instead, I was now always obsessing about how to escape this trap that I had been led into. In my anxiety of being boxed into the standard 9-to-5 forever... I got busy with various side gigs, selling random stuff on Amazon, getting conned into a pyramid scheme, private labeling, taking part in a Kickstarter campaign. I was so desperate that I was trying all of the things to get out of my current circumstances. Deep down, I knew that I just wanted to pick my paintbrush back up, but I kept telling myself I would only have time for that once I made one of these side gigs work and escape my full-time job. I just felt stuck in one place when my soul just wanted to create art, be free, and travel the world. During these anxiety and confusion-filled years, I took my first swing at the professional engineering exam, the brutal eight-hour engineering exam that one must pass to get their professional license. Even though I knew deep down that I didn't want to be an engineer, I had been told by so many people to get that license no matter what. The thought of quitting engineering after putting in all this time and effort without getting that license, sounded pretty terrible to me. So I studied for the recommended 300 hours and took the test. When the results came back, I failed hard. What a blow. After failing, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to retake the exam. What's the point if I didn't want to be an engineer? To answer this question, I had to wait a couple years and reground. I kept hearing about being happy no matter what your circumstances, and I just didn't get it. I was so unhappy with everything. My relationship was crumbling. I hated my job. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And I was fiddling around with all these side hustle gigs that were distracting me from my end goal, which was just to create art. Eventually, though, side hustle after side hustle not only failed, but became a drag on my soul. And after a couple of years of this, I realized that creating art wasn't supposed to be the destination. It actually needed to be the journey, no matter what my circumstances were. And so, one by one, I took the side hustles off my plate. Sure, I had to disappoint some partners on a few projects, but I felt lighter because I knew I was being true to myself. Sometimes our own voice and vision gets bogged down by everything and everyone around us. I found, though, that if you focus your attention on settling the chaos, clarity will emerge. And the clarity that emerged for me was the notion that if you can't be where you love, then you better love where you are. I thought maybe this was the key to the whole being happy no matter what your circumstances. I might not be able to be traveling the world like I previously had in my pretty responsible free college years, but I decided I would water the grass below my own feet and create a life that I wanted to live. So I started painting again without any intention of where my art would take me, but just do it. I started working on my relationship that has now blossomed into a beautiful and happy marriage. I got chickens, planted a garden, and started taking better care of my mind and my body. 
And most importantly, I accepted that I had to stick with engineering for a while. And so I stepped up and became good at my job. Essentially, I started seeking immediate joy instead of the steps that I previously had believed would get me there. After a few years of this regrounding process, I decided to retake the exam. I had to put my art back on the back burner once again to study, but the second time I studied, I didn't just go through the motions. I actually buckled down and immersed myself in the concepts. I became humbled by the material, and instead of thinking I was too good for it because it was so boring, I was curious and I was interested. And it paid off, and I passed! Woohoo! After I passed, my artwork came back to the front burner and it exploded. With the exam behind me now and knowing I was never going to have to take it again, all of the obstacles I previously saw before me shrunk away. I thought to myself, if I can do that, I can do anything. I even was able to get in my very first unpaid and fun mural over a long weekend during my study months, which won an award for my city. After spending so much time in Germany when I was younger and being surrounded by public art, I had a feeling that mural work was in my future. I was able to use that one mural and award as a leverage to get my first commissioned piece the following year. While I was painting that mural, someone saw my work and I got commissioned for another mural, and then another, and then another. Now, although I still have my full-time engineering job, my art business is starting to have its own legs. I have more commissions coming in slowly but surely, and an endless fountain of inspired ideas within me. Growing my art business into a sustainable venture is my biggest dream, and I'm proud to say that I am well on my way. I remember before I could even consider my art business a business, I wondered how people do it. How do they get work? How do they advertise? And in my particular case, when I started, I didn't even have a solid body of artwork, nor really know what I wanted my thing to be or who I was as an artist. Now that I'm actually in the trenches, so to speak, of building a business, I try to see myself from the outside, from the lens of my earlier self, and come up with an organized outline of how I got from zero to something. There is no outline, though. I just followed a rule that I made for myself as a way to keep going, even though I didn't know who I was as an artist. And that rule is, follow your inspiration. Back to that quote I started with that says that's your own path you make with every step you take, and that's why it's your path. I realized that the reason this rule of simply following my inspiration has been working for me is that my inspiration is my own. Absolutely nobody else on this planet can create it for me or form it into how I want it to manifest. Sure, maybe some things or people spark inspiration, but how that manifests is uniquely your own. And so, following your own inspiration with the profound trust that something unique and substantial will emerge is creating new and unwalked steps in your own path. Sharing my story has taught me that I have more wisdom within me than I give myself credit for. And I'll finish this off by sharing a couple of nuggets of wisdom with you. A few practical tips are, number one, go to the end of the path you are on if there is a box you want to check. Sure, it may just be a checkbox, but if you think you'd regret not checking it by stepping off the path too soon, then keep going. Start preparing your other path in the meantime. Number two, no matter how much you don't want to do something in this life or don't find it interesting, there are lessons within it. Stay humble and keep an open mind. A few of the more profound ideas that came out of my story are, number one, water the grass below your feet and the grass will always be greener on your side. Or, if you can't be where you love, love where you are. Number two, when we want to achieve something, we anxiously want to cut out all of the in-between steps. But 
These in-between steps are where the growth happens and where we, where we really figure out where we're going. Number three, the thing you think is your destination may actually be your journey. And if you are making excuses of why you aren't doing yet what you wish you were doing, acknowledge your excuses for what they are. Make the time, clear your plate, say no to the things that don't bring you joy or don't align with your goals or values. Remember, a year from now, you'll wish you started today. Number four, finally, the reason following your own path is so hard is because there is no map. The map for your own path is your inspiration. Follow it by doing the work it is trying to pull out of you, and it will guide you. Thank you so much. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.